In 1 Corinthians chapter 9, verse 27, Paul says, I discipline my body and make it my slave. You know, we often forget, guys, that God has called us to steward the bodies he gave us so that we'll be ready, healthy, and spiritually dangerous to fight the good fight, whether it's working at your job, serving your God, protecting your bride, or being a great dad to your kids. That's why we're so excited to partner with Mountain Tough Fitness Lab. Mountain Tough Fitness Lab is run by Christian men who are passionate about training you to be your best version and to stay dangerous and ready for God. Join me on my journey by going to mountaintough.com. That's M-T-N-T-O-U-G-H and getting your free six-week trial when you type in the code ARENA30. You won't be disappointed. Stay dangerous. Hey guys, this episode of Les Parrot was interesting. I read a book, I took notes, I was prepared for the podcast. When we got on the show, Les said, hey, I've got an idea. We've got this cool thing for marriages. And I went, wow, this is awesome, let's do it. So this interview went all, was totally organic, uh, winging it a little bit, to be honest with you. Uh, we talked about Les Parrot's survey called Better Love. This is a survey for couples to assess their marriage. Man, this is a great interview. You're gonna love the way this goes. It's not the critic who counts, not the man who points out how the strong man stumbles or where the doer of deeds could have done them better. The credit belongs to the man who was actually in the arena, whose face is marked by dust and sweat and blood. Welcome to the Men in the Arena podcast, where we interview specialists in the realm of manhood. Each of our guests is an expert in their chosen field or cause as it relates to men. Our conviction is to call you into the arena of manhood, call you out of the faceless, nameless bleachers, and call you up to be the best version of you. Because when a man gets it, everyone wins. Enjoy today's episode. Men in the Arena Army, we salute you. Hey guys, thanks for listening to this episode of the Men in the Arena podcast, Spotify's number one podcast for Christian men. I'm Jim Ramos, your guide and host for today. Our goal is to help you become the best version of the man that God created you to be inside the stress bubble of life and beyond. Hey guys, I want to jump into our hero story today. Remember, our hero stories are supplied by you. Uh, we want to hear from you. We want to hear about what God is doing in your life. We want to hear about how God has uh, changed you, how God has used our ministry to impact your life. And this comes from a 27-year-old named Brandon. Brandon writes, I'm 27 years old, married with no children yet. Your book, Strong Men, Dangerous Times, is hitting home, and I know it's going to help me be the man I need to be, my wife needs me to be, my kids will need me to be one day, and that God has called me to be. Now listen to this. He says this. I love it when guys start preaching at me. He says, never stop fighting the good fight. In me, we've gained one more soldier, and we're going to build the largest army of men this world has ever seen in our time. Man, Brandon, you got me fired up, man. So cool to say that you're part of our army. Man, I'm excited. I'm ready to just charge hell with a squirt gun right now. So, hey, hit us up with your address, uh, info at menarena.org, uh, and we'll send you some swag in the mail. So thanks a lot, Brandon. Guys, make sure you stay tuned to the end of the podcast today, and we'll share one of the man laws that will be in our book called Man Laws, 100 Ways to Lose Your Man Card and Rules to Live Why. That book is going to be a free download in about the next month or two. So guys, hang on, be watching. The time is coming. We're so excited today to have our guest on, Les Parrott. Yes, this is Roger Parrott's brother who we had on the show about four months ago. Les is a psychologist at number one New York Times best-selling author. 
He and his wife, Leslie, are co-founders of eHarmony. So I did not know that. That was a cool fact. His books have sold over 5 million copies, including the book Saving Your Marriage Before It Starts and his book Love Like That. He's the creator of the Better Love Assessment, which will be our subject for today. Les has appeared on CNN, Fox News, Good Morning America, The Today Show, The View, and of course, Oprah. Les, it's great to have you on the show. Thanks, buddy. It's so good to be with you. And it sounds like since you might, you already had Roger on here, I'm here to correct all the stuff that he uh, should have said and, and didn't say <laughs> right. So, Well, you're definitely the better looking of the brothers. So. <laughs> <Good>. <laughs> well, I'm excited. You know, uh, I've got 20 years uh, as a Church of the Nazarene elder uh, before I launched my ministry and I moved on to a different denomination. But man, I love the Nazarene denomination and I'm excited that you've been a part of that as well. And you've got some roots there. Why don't you tell us a little bit about your story and and uh, give our listeners some context? Yeah. So, well, speaking of brothers, I have two older brothers and uh, grew up in a home that uh, I was very blessed to have with uh, my dad and, and mom that were loving and, you know, kind of uh, showed us how marriage could be done at the highest level. So mm -hmm. no complaints on my home front. Married Leslie. Now we have the same name. I'm Leslie yeah. and she's Leslie. <laughs> we dated all through high school, all through college, and then we got married. And it's um, it's as complicated as you might guess because um, we're, you know, exact same name, L-E-S-L-I-E, -E, but even more complicated. I'm the third, which means my dad's name, Leslie, my grandfather's name, Leslie. I'm named Leslie, and then I married a Leslie. So um, when we had our first son, we had to give him a name. And so we called him John. <laughs> <laughs> yes. John Leslie. Oh, there you go. <laughs> and he has a younger brother, Jackson Leslie. So we have to each have that tether of Leslie to us. But yeah, so two boys and, and one's in graduate school, uh, actually over in the UK. And the other is uh, undergrad in uh, New York. And uh, so... Uh, that's the stage of our family these days, and uh, we're loving life. We we have uh, Jim a, a B hag. Do you know what a B hag is? Big hairy audacious goal. Thank you, Bill Hybels. Yeah. That's it. And so our B hag is to see the divorce rate reduced by a third, particularly in local churches in our lifetime. Praise and. God. I know that some people hear that and go, well, good luck with that. That is a BHAG. We're more optimistic about that than Absolutely. ever. And uh, do you know that for every single percentage point that we drop the divorce rate, the lives of more than a million children are positively impacted? Think about that. That's just for one single percentage oh. point and the ripple effect that has for generations. So that's our BHAG. That's what gets us up in the morning to do what we do. And it's it's the kind of thing that, I, I think it would be the single greatest social revolution the church has ever seen, even if we just got it into double digits, lowered it by 10%. And uh, there's no reason that we can't. We, we have the tools. We know what works, what doesn't. And in fact, we're going to be talking about that today in, on your, your uh, program. Well, I'll tell you what, Les, I, I appreciate what you're doing so much because marriages are uh, a disaster in the church. That They're no different than outside the church. And every marriage that we can affect, I'm a we're focused on men because I believe that a man gets it, everyone wins. And my BHAG, and I haven't shared this with a lot of people, but our BHAG is to be a household name in America that everybody would have heard of our ministry. And we've got, between our videos, our social media, and our podcast right now, 
1.6% of Americans have heard of us. That's over 6 million people. But we've got 330 million out there. So when people look at these BHAGs, like lower, lowering the divorce rate in America by a third, they say it can't be done. And then you and I say, well, but the Bible says that which is impossible with man is not impossible with God. And so, man, anything we can do to partner with you in this, you and your wife, Leslie, you've been married how long? You've got to be close to 45 years now, right? Oh, I'm not that old, but uh, 30, <laughs> 35, maybe <laughs> 34, actually. <laughs> oh, okay. Well, I was wondering because I've been married 30 years and you've yeah. been doing men marriage ministry for 30 years. I just figured yeah. you guys were a little older. All right. No wonder you look so good. You're not that old. <laughs> I'm definitely <laughs> younger than my brother. Um, <laughs> uh, we got married in 1984, right out of college. So uh, is right. that 34 years ago? Close to it. Well, no, that'd be more than that. We got married in 1992, and that's 30 years. So you've been married 38 years. 38? <laughs> Man, I am old. I was going to say, you might be older than you think. <laughs> I'm, a I'm a psychologist, not a mathematician. So. I got you. I got you. Well, you know, I, I, I'll tell you what. Uh, I love what you and Leslie do, and I, I, I love Gary Chapman and his love languages. And I'm really excited because you've put together a program called Love Like That. And, and I think this is going to be a, a tremendous impact on marriages. And, and our guys that are listening, these guys, our target audience is 28 to 45. And these guys are married. They're raising children. Man, these guys are in the stress bubble. Hey, guys, I, I'm so excited about this. This program that you, you developed, Les, is called Better Love. And yeah. you've partnered with Gary Chapman, some of his material. And this yeah. sounds really unique and really exciting. And if there's ever a day in history... That, that needs stronger marriages, it is today. So can you tell us a little bit more about this program? Yeah, who doesn't want better love, right? Uh, exactly. It doesn't matter whether you're doing great and uh, in the upper 10% of sat satisfaction, we can all do better. And um, maybe you're hurting, maybe you're struggling, maybe you're barely holding on. We all want better love. Mm -hmm. And so what we're gonna talk about is a really practical tool that uh, does a couple of different things. Number one, it's going to increase your level of self-awareness. Now, what we're talking about here is an assessment, and we're going to get into it, what it is and how it works. And it's and by the way, it's it's something that is non-threatening because uh, I know as soon as I say the word assessment, some guys yeah. are going, "Oh, that's the last thing I want is my." you know, to be graded on my marriage relationship. That's not what this is. This is a roadmap. This is a highly customized roadmap for lifelong love. And so um, it's you answer a series of questions and it generates this this customized roadmap. But it's it does two big things. I want to kind of back up from it before we get into the nitty gritty and, and say, here's the promise. Number one, it'll heighten your self-awareness. Now, why is that important? Because awareness is the hallmark of well-being. It's the hallmark of emotional health. And here's something you need to know. Your marriage can only be as healthy as you are. So that in and of itself, just heightened self-awareness, is worth the investment that you can make in just a few minutes with this tool called Better Love we're going to talk about. But that, that's a big thing, all right? So self-awareness. And, um, and by the way, why is that, you know, why does that matter? Well, I, I came into my youngest son's room uh, last summer before he went off to school and he was laying on his bed and he had 
Oh, a, a guitar, I think, kind of on one side of his bed and one on the ground. And he had books that were open all over the place and some clothes laying around. And I came in and I said, Jack, I said, this this uh, bedroom is a disaster. And he said, it is? And he kind of looks around and he goes, oh, yeah, I guess it is, you know. And uh, being the psychologically sophisticated uh, <laughs> dad that I am, <laughs> I didn't say clean it up. I just said, this is, wow, this is really crazy in here. And then I just walked away. And, uh, well, about two days later, I come back. Guess what? It wasn't so crazy anymore. He mm. picked it up because he was now aware of it. Yes. And sometimes it's just aware. We, we psychologists like to say awareness is curative. Once you become aware of something, then you can do something about it. Interesting. So, so that's the first big deliverable that this tool, Better Love, uh, will give. And then the second thing, and we'll circle back around to it, is deeper empathy. Okay? Heightened self-awareness, number one. And number two, deeper empathy. And empathy, of course, is that capacity to put ourselves in each other's shoes and see the world through each other's eyes. And it's the single most important skill set I think we need to be working on as human beings. Uh, it, it reduces nine out of 10 times, it reduces conflict. Think about this. This, is, this isn't just armchair psychology. We know this from piles of research. 90% of our conflicts are resolved in marriage if all we do is accurately see that issue from our partner's perspective. Wow. Think about that, Jim. Wow. That's a pretty wow. good payoff, right? Yeah. Um, and, and so, and it has all kinds of other benefits. But that's what we're about to talk about. That's what it'll do heighten your self awareness and deepen your capacity for empathy. And so, here's the should I just kind of unpack the, the process? Yeah, my next question was okay, so I, I, I obtained your program. What does the program ask me to do to achieve those two ends? Yeah. So uh, somebody just goes on to betterlove.com and they they buy this little assessment. It's less than uh, what you spent on your lunch probably with uh, your wife today and uh, $35. And uh, you will um, then answer a series of questions. It takes about 10 minutes. So you're going to answer a series of questions, about 100 questions or so. And um, you do that independent of each other. You're not you know, con conferring or consulting with each other. It's just you're answering those questions. And then once you've both answered them independently, it generates this little 10-page report. And uh, it's infographic. It's very pleasing. And that little infographic report is something that you guys can walk through together. And we're going to walk through some of the pages to give you a sense of what it is. But Here's another big promise. No shame, no blame, no finger pointing. This is not a guilt trip. This isn't, oh, man up. You need to be better at, a, at being a husband. It's not that at all. It's fun. Uh, it's, it's the kind of thing you want to take on your date night. And in fact, it comes with an action plan of four suggested date night topics. And you bring this little report with you and cover a couple pages within it. So, but that's the that's the apparatus. That's like the the process. All right. So you just go online, answer a few questions, and and by the way, let me know. Let me tell you something, Jim. Every guy that's listening to us right now can be a hero in his home to For this sure. very night when he says to his wife, "Hey, I bought this little assessment for us to do about our marriage." 
And the wife is going to, after she falls over and faints, she's going to stand up and go, you're kidding me. Uh, yeah, let's do this. Because women are highly motivated to do this. It's usually the guy that's dragging his feet because he thinks he's going to get punished. And yeah. this is not, that's not what better love is. Make sense? Well, it absolutely makes sense. And I'll tell you what, when a man is proactive in these areas, it's going to increase every aspect of his marriage. So I have a question, though, you know, and you're, you're the expert on marriage, not myself, but from what I read, couples that agree on the most things tend to have the most satisfied relationships. Is this a, an assessment? And I'm a licensed uh, facilitator for another organization. Is this one of those assessments where it, it judges them on couple agreements? Or how does it determine her score and his score? How does it link them together? Yeah, it's not about that. It's not, you okay. know. We, we, you know, you've heard the phrase, of course, opposites attract. Correct. Um, and uh, we, we always say opposites attract and then they attack. Absolutely. Uh, and so you, you're exactly right. You, the more things you have in common, the easier life is, particularly when that comes to core values. That means yes. values around your personal faith, about family values, morality, ethics, the things that give life meaning. And that's what creates a team in marriage. If you don't have those in common, it's really difficult to feel like you're a team. Even how you manage money, your philosophy on manage mo uh, money management is a, a huge deal. I've uh, talked with Dave Ramsey ad nauseum about this because if you can't get the same philosophy of money together in your marriage, you're always going to feel like you're on separate teams and it's Absolutely. a competition. So this this assessment, let's walk through it a little bit because yeah, it's absolutely. not about having to agree with everything. In fact, sometimes just the opposite, starting with your personalities. And so the very first page of this report looks at how God designed you, the DNA that makes up your personality. This is not something you chose. This is not something you're going to change. You were born with it, okay? And so what we're looking at uh, when you get this this report, it has this kind of like a like a flywheel, uh, like a, a pedal, you know, these eight different uh -huh. pedals around this this wheel, and uh, we just call it the personality pinwheel. And uh, there's eight different kinds, like the achieving spouse, the pioneering spouse, the energizing spouse, the affirming spouse, and so forth. And so this. This just gives you a really quick little snapshot of where you land by literally putting your picture, because you upload your photo when you take this, and your spouse's photo will land somewhere on this little circle. And one of the things that's helpful to know, it's, it's, if this is not heavy, this is not complicated, by the way. Absolutely. Uh, the, the upper half of this little circle is people that are task-oriented. Jim, are you task oriented or people oriented? You just know intuitively which. I would, I'm task oriented, so I'm yeah. two thirds choleric and one third sanguine. So, yeah, that okay. gives you an idea. Yep. So you're task oriented, just like I am. That means that uh, you love a to do list, and the very first thing on your to do list says "make to do list," right? And you're probably the kind of guy that if you accomplish something during your day that wasn't on your to-do list, what do you do? You write it on your to-do list and you scratch it right off, right? Because it feels good to get tasks done. Yes. Okay? Now, my wife happens to be people-oriented rather than task-oriented. So when she comes into my office, 
Um, and she doesn't even have to say anything. She just puts her head in knowing that she wants to talk with me. More often than not, I hold up one finger. I don't even look at her. I keep my eyes on the email that I'm writing or whatever, and I, I put up one finger, which means what? Give me a minute, yeah. right? I want to finish my task. Once I finish my task, now I can focus on you. Um, if I walk into her office, say, hey, you got a minute? She drops everything. She spins around her chair. Of course, come on in. What's going on? She never holds up a finger and says, you know, because she's people-oriented. So that's the big distinction there. And then the other big distinction in our personalities is whether we – it's its really a, about our, our pace. And are we fast-paced or slow-paced? Now, I'm fast-paced. I mean – I'm the kind of guy that says, why are we still talking about this? Let's just go do this, right? A committee meeting? Are you kidding me? We don't need another meeting about this. Let's just put it into action, right? Mm -hmm. Now, the person that is slow pace, let's just give it some time. You know, things have a way of working out. Let's just see how... I, I literally, I came home from, from a lecture at the university a while back, and I said to Leslie, I came up the steps, kissed Leslie, it's about 10 o'clock at night. And she said, hey, the uh, the kitchen sink is backed up. And I said, it is? And I walk around the corner. Sure enough, it's backed up. I pick up my phone. I start to call my friend George, who's a plumber in, in our neighborhood. She goes, no, 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 don't call George. It's too late. George and Arliss, they're already going to be asleep. I said, are you kidding? He's going to love it that our sink is backed up. He'll be here in five minutes. She said, no, 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 don't do that. It's embarrassing. She said, let's just go to bed. Let's see how the sink is doing in the morning. I said, do you think little fairies are going to come in here and work on our sink while we're sleeping? You know, I am fast paced. Yeah. You know, let's solve the problem now. She's like, let's give it time. Let's see how it's, 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 it has a way of working itself. Which one of those are you, by the way, Jim? Fast paced oh, or slow paced? Oh, fast paced all the way. Yeah. Slow paced. Right. Yeah. And so is my wife. So we're, we're both moving and shaking. Yeah. <laughs> I get it. All right. So that would probably put you on the on the eight options in this circle. Uh, you're what we would probably call a pioneering spouse, a pioneering spouse. You might be achieving, you might be energizing, but pioneering is right there. And it's kind of like the Apostle Paul. You know, he, he was definitely pioneering, fast paced and task oriented. He's mm -hmm. going to build a church, man, get out of his way yeah. and nothing can slow him down. Unless you put him in prison. Oh, wait, you put him in prison? He borrowed a pencil and he happened to write a few things that we're still reading, okay? Yes, for sure. So, so that's the kind of person that's that's fast-paced and task-oriented. But then you have people that are fast-paced and, um, and people-oriented, not task-oriented, but people-oriented. And that might be like Peter, you know? He's like, uh, oh, there's our Lord. I'm going to get out of the boat. I'm going to swim to him, right? Like, this is the kind of person you want to invite to a dinner party. If you're having a party, have somebody that's in this this area that we call them affirming spouses. But they're just so relatable and, and out there and vulnerable and, and so forth. And so you get the ideas. You move around yeah. these different categories. And so what we do with the assessment is give you a little descriptive paragraph about your type, Okay. And so you would get a paragraph on the pioneering spouse, and maybe your wife would be pioneering too. Um, but here's the interesting thing. This little paragraph, you think, oh, so I'm getting one of eight paragraphs. No, no, no. They're way more sophisticated than that because we have 40,000 variables that go into each of these paragraphs. Oh, wow. Now, if you, 
if you know anything about algorithms and and coding, you know what a Herculean task this was to put this together. Wow. 40,000 wow. variables. That means you'll never see this paragraph on anybody else's report. And even if you and your wife have the same personality type, your paragraphs will be different because we thin slice it. We want to look at the very, you know, the distinctives about you because everybody is unique. You know, there's never been a marriage like yours before mm -hmm. and there never will be again because you have your two unique personalities and you get them together and it combines something that has never existed. And that's why there's certain things that work for you and your marriage that don't work for your friends yep. and vice versa. Now we have universal biblical truths that work for all of us, but there's the things in the weeds. And that's where this little assessment, better love can kind of tease those out and really help you when it comes to deepening your capacity for empathy and of course for self-awareness so that's where we start jim is with personality just as individuals your hardwired your dna how god made you make sense yeah so the first category of this assessment it's a 10-page assessment the first category is the dna of your personality how god made you that's it that's okay. it and, so and there's four there's four categories right uh yep four big categories in the assessment that's it okay right? okay so what's the second now, one yeah, we haven't finished personality because oh. now we're gonna now we're gonna blow your mind. Okay, okay. Now, now we're gonna do something that no other assessment in the world does. Okay, and that is look at the chemistry between your two personalities. Now this is awesome. This is where the the kind of the levers and the pulleys behind the scenes really kick into high gear to deliver something for you that you've never had before, and that is. What happens when you have these two unique personalities together, you and your wife? And you may have tons in common. You may be feeling like you're polar opposites. It doesn't matter. There's not a right way and a wrong way. This is not about, oh, you're this way. You need to change. No, no, no. You need to lean into that because that's how God made you. You need to be the best version of that you can possibly be. You need to be healthy in that space, okay? But on the second page of personality, we're going to look at the combination of your two personalities together and mm -hmm. what are the strengths that come out of your relationship because of how the two of you are hardwired. We're going to look at uh, things like um, how each of you is built for decision-making and problem-solving. Think about this, Jim, uh, how you solve problems. You know, 25% of our conversations in marriage are dedicated to solving problems. Yeah. Think about that, right? We're solving problems for all kinds of stuff. Uh, how our kids get their homework done and and a problem, uh, hey, we didn't get the, the spaghetti sauce for dinner tonight. I mean, there's all kinds of big little problems that we're solving all the time. Wouldn't it be helpful to know how God designed you to solve a problem and how God designed your spouse yeah. to solve a problem, right? Yeah. And so... Uh, I happen, like I've already illustrated, I happen to be an aggressive problem solver. Leslie is a reflective problem solver. If we would have known that early on in our marriage, oh my goodness, so much friction, so much frustration could have been dropped at the wayside because yeah. we would understand each other and we wouldn't be trying to change you. Why can't you be more aggressive when it comes to problem solving than I am, right? And after years of marriage, what happens is you, uh, as iron sharpens iron, we help each other become the best version 
of ourselves. Yeah. I'll give you a really quick and recent example. This happened yesterday. Our son, our youngest son, he's going to, he, he just got accepted into NYU uh, oh, cool. in Manhattan. And so he's headed there for, for college and um, here next month. And he's transferring in there. And um, getting housing in downtown Manhattan is not a small task. No. And uh, so we have like three to four weeks to find him housing. And the university told us uh, he can't get into university housing because it's already all booked. And so two nights ago, we were falling asleep. And I said to Leslie, I said, you know something? I just feel like if you called him, if you got the right person, they might find a way for Jackson to find a room. And she goes, they already told us they don't have it. I said, I know. But I said, I just, there's something, I just feel like we're a little more aggressive on this. And she said, okay, I'm going to call him in the morning. And she's a morning person and I'm not. And so she was first one up. And so she calls him. She went through three different people, finally got to a person that said, you know something, I think we might be able to work something out for your son, Jackson. And I, and it, so she tells me first thing when I get up in the morning, she says, we, we got it solved. She's so excited. And I said, how did you do it? She said, I just kept asking what would Les do? What would Les do? <laughs> <laughs> and she said, I, Leslie, would have quit after the first phone call, but I knew you wouldn't. And she said, and that's what we kind of mean here. Our iron sharpening iron. We learn from each other. One way is not better than the other. You know, there's, there's, we all think our way is the best, but there's great value in being slow paced. Yeah. I mean, do you want your accountant to be fast-paced or slow-paced? Do you want your heart surgeon to be fast-paced or slow-paced, right? There's certain things that yeah, you want. Sure. You go take all the time you need. Do Absolutely. it right. <laughs> right. Absolutely. Yeah. So, so that's what this second page does. It looks at the chemistry. It's it's how we are influenced by in each other by feelings or by facts. What do you think you're influenced more by, Jim? Feelings or facts? Fact guy all the way. Facts. Okay. But I am a, I'm a highly emotive, but I'm influenced by facts. So this assessment will tell you that for sure, because there's a little ambivalence in what you just said. I, I got to tell you, I'm a social scientist. I'm a psychologist, a researcher. Facts are, in, you know, empirical facts. That's what I make mm -hmm. my bread and butter on. But I'm high on feelings. When it comes to being influenced in my marriage by my spouse, if Leslie goes, you know, I don't know what it is, but I just have a feeling that oh, we should gotcha. do X, Y, Z. I go, I, I lean into that with her, right? And I'm not the kind of guy that goes, well, let's Google everything and get all the facts together and, and before yeah. we make a decision. And so this that's the kind of self-awareness this okay. brings in, into. And then how you react to change. Are you accepting of change or resistant to change? You know, that's a pretty important thing. Which one of those do you think you are? Accepting well, of change? Yeah, I would say I'm an early adopter, but I'm not a pioneer. I, I'm pretty quick to change, and we like Wait, change. Let me ask you this: Do you like living? You like routines and consistency and predictability, or you, or why do you say why live the same day twice? It's actually a little bit of both. Okay, I, mean, I have my morning routine, and then it's it's free for all. <laughs> yeah, I love that, and and that brings up a good point. This little assessment is not designed to put you in a box. It's not yeah. designed to label you. You can disagree with it. We always say, if you read something that you don't agree with, scratch it out. Before you do that, just ask your spouse, hey, it mm -hmm. says here I'm always late to things. I don't think that's true. Do you? 
And you might be surprised by what she has to say about that. Ah, right? yes, yes. Okay, so there you go. That's section one. It's all about personality. Make sense? Love it. I love it. I love it. Okay. And so now we're on to section two, right? Yeah. So section two is all about communication, and it's it's several. It's these are just practical things, and um, you know, it's it's really. It's 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 not divided so much into four sections as just these little kind of subheads. So communication is the lifeblood of a relationship. You know, um, it, it's your, your marriage will sink or swim based on how well the two of you are communicating. Yeah. And I got to tell you something here, Jim. This is especially relevant to our audience today with all of the guys listening in. Um, we're not great at listening. Mm -hmm. there's something about our brain the way that god made the male brain up in the the frontal cortex it's the they sometimes refer to as the decision or the uh, executive decision making part of the brain you can kind of think of yourself sitting behind a big executive desk up there and pointing a lot right mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. this needs to be done that's got to get it going blah 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 right and so when our spouse brings us when our wife brings us a problem Oh, my day was so terrible. Linda at the office didn't deliver on XYZ, blah, blah, blah. The we just kick in. Our brain is hardware to kick into problem solving. Yep. That's the last thing, as you know, that our wife wants. She just wants yep. us to listen. And uh, this is not news. You guys, everybody's heard this before. Yep. But what better love is going to do is contextualize your specific personality in relationship to doing that. So you now have clues ways that you know work for you to get to that space when you recognize oh this is a time when my wife just needs me to listen rather oh, than problem solve yes. that's empathy right yep. that's the capacity to empathize so we get into communication and then after that we get into um uh turning the page here intimacy uh -huh. every guy's favorite topic here not just emotional intimacy but physical intimacy and if you're struggling to have an honest and and an authentic conversation with your wife about your sex life, this is a great jumping off page to do that. Um, some people, and, and it'll re be revealed on this, some people are really comfortable talking about sex mm -hmm. and some aren't. And, um, you know, I, I have a friend who says, my wife doesn't even want to say the word sex, mm -hmm. right? Um, and so, and everybody's comfort level is different, but this gives you kind of an on-ramp to some really valuable conversations about sex if you want to have them, and, and it gets into your action plan too. And then from there, we get into conflict. Oh, Jim, when was yeah. the last the last time you had a conflict <laughs> with your wife? So my wife and I, so uh, there's another assessment out there. Yeah, what is we it? We score uh, Prepare and Rich. That's an awesome assessment. And so I'm a facilitator for that. Every 10 years we go to counseling, regardless of the state of our marriage. And we're always a conventional couple because we don't do conflict resolution well. <laughs> so whenever I hear about conflict resolution, I'm like, feed me, feed me. Yeah. We're, we're yeah. like two steamboats kind of headbutting. <laughs> <laughs> well, first let me comment on preparing Rich because that's another great tool. Now you have to be invited. You have to have a counselor, a facilitator. Yeah you to take preparing rich but if you want to take a really deep dive into you know the assessment world find a facilitator in preparing rich 
just like you are. You you and your wife are trained in doing that. So I just want to give kudos out there. That's a I, I'm a big fan of it. Well, Les, I've got a question because as I'm listening to you unpack this, I love uh, these these four categories. I, I wrote down on here, well, how do I become a facilitator? Do you have facilitators or is it strictly something that couples go, they, they pay their fee, they, they take the test, they get a report? Do you have a facilitator or is this strictly couple by couple? Well, it's an interesting question. I don't want to confuse our, our viewers and listeners too much, but we have another assessment called SIMBIS, S-Y-N-B-I-S. That stands for Saving Your Marriage Before It Starts. And that you have to get trained and certified in. Okay. In order to just like prepare and rich. And then you would invite a couple to take it and then you would debrief the results of the report. So better love, you don't need a facilitator. You don't have oh. to see a counselor. It's straight to it's a light version of that. Wow, that's awesome. Yeah. So Simbus would be like 15 to 18 pages. This is 10 pages and takes out all of the like therapeutic, you know, there's no addiction stuff. There's no, you know, stuff that needs uh, kind of an yes. objective voice. It's designed to be upbeat and positive. I love that because I have people all the time uh, who are saying, hey, I want to, I've got this couple I'm working with. What do I do? And I, I go, I, I send them over, you know, but this is a great resource for couples to go through together. Yeah. And so Simbus, uh, we have a book that we wrote called Saving Your Marriage Before It Starts. And that's what this is. Uh, and so it's just a, a very similar kind of thing, but much more extensive. Oh, wow. And then for, for couples that are already married, it's Simbus Plus. And um, so anyway, that's a whole nother thing that you have to get trained and certified in. But okay. what we're talking about, better love, it's cookies on the bottom shelf. It's just I love it to get to and it's scalable anybody can take this in fact we have whole congregations that will take this Stephen Furtick uh he their church uses our Simbus assessment and a lot of churches do and he said I wish every couple in the whole congregation could take it and of course mm -hmm. he has thousands of people in his church and uh so that was part of the catalyst for coming up with better love is that we could have everyone take it and then if just let me give a little jag on this for a second. Uh, the cool thing about that is if a whole congregation does it, we can then do an aggregate report on that congregation and oh. give the leadership staff a summary of the state of marriage in their church. And so that's pretty cool. So that's better love. Oh. And uh, a church can just do that where everybody takes it. So could a church take this uh uh, church-wide assessment and then bring you guys in as speakers at a marriage weekend and give the report? Yeah. In fact, uh, nearly every weekend we do a better love date night someplace in the country. And in February, I think we're doing eight of them. Like, uh, <laughs> it's oh, wow. Of weekends. So, uh, yeah, better love date night. It was really fun. And so everybody that is uh, registered for the date night takes the assessment and then we do something really fun. We put the, the pastor and his wife up on the stage with us, and we debrief with them a little bit on their report. And everybody's leaning in because they all want to know about their pastor's latest conflict and everything else. So, Well, you know what would be a fun episode would be to have my wife and I take this assessment and then have you come back and then just blow us up. Would love it. Would <laughs> I love mean, that, I've, we've done that before with Paul and Virginia Friesen. Uh, you <laughs> probably know Paul and Virginia. And so that might be really fun because I'm going to go home and I'm going to take this test. I'm very intrigued. 
So yeah. the conflict, re- talk to me uh, as a weakness in my marriage, talk to me about conflict resolution. Yeah, so conflict is a really important skill set. Um, in fact, there's a researcher here in my home city of Seattle. His name is John Gottman, who's done incredible yeoman work on uh, the value of managing conflict well. He's been able to predict with a 93% accuracy rate whether a couple will succeed or fail in their marriage based solely on how they fight. Think about wow. that. Wow. Yeah. And so he's looking for several different things, and he calls them the four horsemen of the apocalypse and <laughs> and, and so forth. But here's what better love does. Um, it's going gonna, it's gonna to show you what, how basically, again, how you are hardwired for managing conflict. Because the way you manage conflict and the way your spouse manages conflict, probably not the same. So just that self-awareness. Remember I said awareness is curative. Once you become aware of something, then you can kind of begin to change things. Um, once you become aware of it, that's the key. All right. That's the beginning. That's the the, the starting place. Think of it as, uh, have you ever tried to write your name with your non-dominant hand? Oh, yeah. It didn't go well. Yeah. You can do it, right? But it, yeah. it feels really awkward. It feels crazy awkward. And it doesn't look so good. Okay. And that's what it's like when we're trying to be something that God didn't create us to be in our personalities. Okay. So if you're fast paced and you're trying to be slow paced and vice versa, now you can work on that and do have shiny moments of doing that, Mm -hmm. but you're always going to come back to that place of equilibrium of how you are hardwired. Okay. And so when it comes to conflict, the same thing, understanding how you are hardwired to management, manage it and Jim, this is the other cool thing. At the bottom of the page on that, on conflict, it gets into what we call your hot topics. Uh-huh. And have you heard of scripts, psychological scripts, like a, a play has a script? No, I haven't. So these are just, uh, it's another way of referring to hot topics. But you might have something, <clears throat> maybe you have, you're always having a conflict about, you know, let's pick something easy, picking the dirty clothes off the floor. And it's like every day your wife is, Hey, there's a hamper over here. Can you just put it in the hamper? Or, hey, when you take your coat off, can you at least hang it up in the, just put Mm -hmm. it on the floor in the closet rather than over the back of the dining room chair every day? I'd move it. And, you know, and we develop scripts where we're just doing the same thing. We get in these ruts. Mm -hmm. And, and so this better love will kind of highlight those ruts so that you can go, okay, let's get serious. How do we resolve this so we don't have to keep having this same script? The same hot topic burn us time and time again, right? Might be in-laws. It might be a million different things. But conflict is so important. And I'll say it again, 90%, nine times out of 10, we resolve our conflict simply by seeing the issue from our partner's perspective. That's the power of empathy. Empathy, yes. Nine times out of 10. Think about that, Jim. Yeah. That's wow. incredible, right? Can you think of the last conflict the two of you had? Yeah, this morning. <laughs> what was it? What was well, uh, we were trying to schedule. So I, our ministry is pretty, getting pretty large, and we are trying to schedule uh, a time to go to a vacation rental we own and, and work on that. And it was just the scheduling thing between yeah. an appointment she had and an appointment that I did not think was important for her to have that could be changed. Yeah. And it just, it just whoa, where'd that go? It right, just kind of right. blew up out of nowhere, and I was like, that didn't go well. Just yeah. a real short, about a two-minute deal, but it was something that didn't need to happen. 
And yeah. I, Leslie and I have had that same conflict a million times. And, and, and <laughs> things like, yeah, I told you I was in the kitchen. Well, I yeah. came to the kitchen, I was making dinner. Well, I told you, you said I didn't tell you, but I told you. And, and now we have to go, you know, it's that kind of stuff that happens. And when you have empathy, all of a sudden the tension drops and you go, okay, I can see why you wouldn't have heard it. I, I get it completely. What do you want to do to manage this now? Right. And you can be sane about it. So yeah. that's the power of, of that kind of thing when it comes to conflict. And, and by the way, that's followed the next page by finances, money. Uh, and money, of course, is a huge source of conflict in our relationship. Absolutely. When we were, when we were designing this, this whole thing and this report for better love, um, my buddy, uh, Dave Ramsey flew out from Nashville and met with the uh, me and a couple guys from my team uh, to develop what we call the money matrix. And mm. just simply, you know, how are you hardwired as a saver or a spender? Do you know what your wife is? Is she a saver? Oh, or we're a both spenders. Both spenders. Okay. And that, that can cause some issues financially. Yeah, yeah. Especially when you're in full-time ministry, right? Yeah, absolutely. And if you're generous, especially in your spenders like well, that. Well, and that's the, yeah, we're generous spenders. Yeah. For sure. And, uh, and then we look at part of the matrix is your financial fears. And some people ah. have a fear of not having uh, a voice financially or not getting respect or not having financial security or not realizing their dreams. And, and so we highlight all that. And there's some pretty cool uh, conversation starters around this. I forget who wrote the book, Money Talks and So Can We, but it's always, always comes down to conversations. Yeah. And so at the bottom of this page, we have a, like some conversation starters, like uh, in my home growing up, money was. How would you finish that? In my home growing up, money was what? Something we didn't talk about. There you go. And in my home growing up, money was something we talked about a lot. Uh -huh. um, okay. And so you begin to do that together as a couple, and you're going to have some new insights. We have about a half dozen little sentence stems like that to do. And so it gets you talking about it and your action plan. will get into that even more. So super fun. This is so powerful. And I, I love your, your description of scripts. And so my job as um, a married man of 30 years is for my wife and I to come together and say, Hey, what scripts do we need to rewrite? That's our financial it. script, our conflict script, you our intimacy it. script. This is really, really powerful. I'm telling you right now, I love assessments. I love tests. I, I love doing this stuff with my wife. Every time we do this, it takes our marriage to the next level. So I'm in, man. We're going to go home and do this thing. I so, love it. so what do we do? Where do I go to get this? Yeah. So you go to betterlove.com. Betterlove.com. It's really straightforward and it's super simple. And I'm telling you, I just know this because I hear this from guys all the time. By the way, you know, I live in Seattle. The Seattle Seahawks last year did better love. All, all the guys did it. And oh. I, I, I got so many of them that would call and go, hey, what's it going to cost me to get me to come out so I'm, I look better than her on the assessment, uh, you know, or <laughs> stuff like that. And uh, you can't. There's no way to lose. So I want to uh, uh, assure guys that are listening, you're not going to get graded. You're not going to get evaluated. You're not, your wife's not going to hold this thing up and go, there, I told you. You know, it's not that kind of a thing. It's a really fun exercise in self-awareness and empathy. And so, yeah, go to betterlove.com. And, and by the way, if anybody that's listening to us is like into their love languages, 
Um, and do you know what your love language is, Jim? Oh, absolutely. It's words of affirmation is primary along with, um, oh, I just blanked out. My wife is acts of service and quality time and mine is physical touch. And it literally not sex, but physical touch, yes. but mainly words of affirmation. Yes. And that's a big distinction. Um, in fact, I just was talking with Gary Chapman, the author of all this, not yeah. And I, I said, so many guys will just say, oh, yeah, mine's physical touch. And he says, yeah, they think it's sex, but it's not. No. Uh, he said, ask them this question. When you get out of the car and uh, you're at the grocery store, the two of you, and you're walking from your car to the front uh, door of the entrance, do you reach out and hold her hand? Mm -hmm. That's physical touch, right? Yeah. yeah. Not, physical yeah. Physical touch sex. is me touching my wife. Having my foot touch her foot or my hand on her hip before we, when we go to bed yeah. has nothing to do with sex. And when my wife does that to me, it's like, oh, wow, honey, you know, because that's how she loves me. But my wife, well, the funny part, Les, is my wife loves having her feet rubbed. So I am an expert in foot rubbing. <laughs> and for years, we thought her love language was physical touch. And then we realized we took the test like for the second or third time and realized, oh, no, that's it's acts of service. Yeah. Acts of service. It wasn't touch at all. It was about the she felt being served. Yeah, you're yeah. doing something that's adding value. It's saving her time. It's making yep. life easier. Yep. Well, what we have done with five love languages in the Better Love Assessment, and uh -huh. this is brand new within the last two months. Oh, wow. We, we just added this. And uh, we've been working for two years, by the way, with Gary to make this all happen. And what we have done is something that has never been done with five love languages before. So we start by looking at your love tank. How full is your love tank? Because mm. that's where he starts in the book, you know, and uh -huh. that's just how, how loved do I feel right now? And maybe it's a six out of 10, maybe it's an eight out of 10, wherever. But we look that. And then, of course, we show you your love language that you probably already know intuitively. Yeah. A little descriptive paragraph on that. But then the cool part is we look, our algorithm looks at your love tank in relationship to your love language and to her love language and her love tank, and then shows you, hey, bud, here's what you can do. If you want to really take your relationship to a new level, here's the easiest path. It's not hard because it, we just outline it. Here's what you got to do. And so we look for the very first time we've been able to do that. You can't do that with paper and pencil. You can't really do that in a counseling session. It takes some real engineering to take all those variables together to be able to paint that path forward for you so anyway that's the last page we skipped a couple wow. of them in here but that's the last page of better love i will tell you what I, even with preparing rich i'm always bringing in uh the love languages and yeah I, it, just because it's so important so the fact that you've taken a uh, chapman's material brought it into your material and you're offering that for any person without being licensed or credentialed for 35 bucks to me that's by the way that's what preparing rich charges also that's right it, it just makes more sense to me from a marriage perspective to use this better love material because you don't need a facilitator you just yeah. need to go take the test yeah and there's a time and a place for someone to take a deep dive into simbus or to absolutely prepare and rich but if you're just looking for something hey i just want to have and, and by the way the action plan, like I said at the beginning, it comes with these four date nights. Yeah. I mean, you want to wow your wife? 
Just say, I want to, I'm in charge of the next four date nights and we're going to do this once a month and look at two pages out of the report each time and, and have these conversation starters. And we have little exercises. It's all really fun to do. I'm telling you, your wife will, uh, you, you remember that song, Find 1000? If it's violin, she loves, let them play, you know. Man, this is how to do that because you are going to be speaking her love language. You're going to understand her. Uh, capacity for intimacy and what that means to her, mm -hmm. how God designed her to manage conflict and all the rest. It's a pretty incredible gift. Well, I'll, I'll tell this to the guys because I know we tend to get our, our head to the grindstone work mode, Christmas mode. Valentine's around the corner, boys. Yeah. So be thinking about this. This is good stuff. So, okay. So betterlove.com. Anything else you want to say in conclusion, Les? Well, just uh, I'll, I'll come back to where I started. Self-awareness, right? And yep. empathy. It might make more sense now that we've gone through this, but when you become self-aware of how God designed you, how God designed your spouse, it just opens up. It's like standing on a vista. Oh, I mm. see things so differently now, right? It's like a long horseback ride and you get off your horse and you go, oh, I just got to take this view in for a minute, right? This is incredible. Yeah. And then deeper empathy, that capacity to put yourself in each other's shoes. I'll tell you something. The happiest couples on this planet, the couples in the top 10% of well-being and happiness, are couples that have mastered mutual empathy. Mm. Those are the happiest couples. And this is a shortcut to doing just that. Yeah, I'm, really, I'm really excited to go and take this test. I mean, this is awesome. good stuff, man. So, Les, thanks so much for coming on the show. And we threw a little audible today, but yeah. Well, I got one other thing. It just occurred to me when you just said, is there anything else you want to mention? I have to mention this, something that is completely free. Can I do this? Yes. I love free stuff. This is this is every guy out there on his phone right now. Go to loveology.org. Loveology.org. And what you're going to find there. Imagine, Jim, if you had, I'll make this super quick. Imagine if you had Gary Chapman and you had every marriage expert and relationship expert at your disposal when you needed them most, right? You just have a little question. How do I set boundaries with my in-laws? Mm -hmm. And you could call up Henry Cloud, who wrote the book Boundaries, and go, Henry, how do I do that? Well, that's what loveology.org will do. Wow. It's a little platform you carry, and it's on your phone, you know, just searching that loveology.org and we have over 800 uh soon to be a thousand three minute videos that answer one specific question and unique question each of them by today's experts so i just felt like i've got to pass that on to these guys out there it's going to save some guys to this very day they're going to go look at something and behave differently when they come home at the end of the workday because of a little three minute video they watched at loveology.org Oh, well, I love it, Les. So I'm, I'm excited to partner with you and just causing a major crash of that divorce rate. We want to yeah. see marriage is healthy. We want to see it vibrant and vital. We want to see the divorce rates decline. We want to see your BHAG come to <laughs> fruition. So, man, God bless you and your bride for all that you guys do. And, man, we look forward to partnering with you in the future. Maybe having you come back and assess my wife and I. Let's do it. Thanks, pal. So good to all be right. with you. God bless you, man. Hey guys, thanks for waiting to the end of the podcast to get this week's man law. This Remember guys, the man laws are supplied by you, our heroes, and when we use your man law, we will send you some swag and you email us at info at with your physical address. This week's man law is from David Berez, and he says this, 
earn your man card every day. And I'll tell you what, David, I couldn't agree more. The life rule here is this. Reputations take a lifetime to build and seconds to destroy. So be careful with that man card, guys. Hey, guys, and make sure you head on over to my website at meninthearena.org. Grab your free copy of my book, Tell Them What Great Fathers Tell Their Sons and Daughters. Until next time, feel the wet stand on the arena floor. Hear the deafening roar of the crowd. Taste the sweetness of victory. Smell the stench of battle. Get in the game. Get dirty. Grind it out. And be a man. What type of dad are you? Guys, in my 35 years of ministry, I've noticed that guys basically fall into two categories. And in those categories, there are four types of dad or four phases that you pass through as a dad. We just dropped an amazing quiz to help you discover what type of dad you are. Find out what type of father you are and get our custom resources fit to meet the needs and the questions you are asking. Head on over to menarena.org. Join 20,000 men from around the world and find out the type of dad you are.